Everything we have is because God has allowed us to have it. The home we live in, the family we're surrounded by, the friends we spend time with, the jobs we have, the money in our bank account, the cars that we drive, all of it, all of it is because God has given it to us. Creating and maintaining this space for Him really is a necessity to give Him thanks for His provision and to show our gratitude for His blessing. Welcome to episode 11 of the She Chooses podcast. Guys, we are three episodes into a series where we are studying faith as a lifestyle. We want to know what does it look like? How do we do that? How do we incorporate faith into our every day existence. If you are just now catching this series, I highly recommend pushing pause and going back to the first lesson of study. You'll find that at episode nine, and you can also find a link to it that I've dropped into today's show notes. What are we doing in this series? Who is this series for? This is for everyone, but particularly it is for the woman that's looking to take her faith to a new level. Someone who wants to go beyond going to church on a Sunday morning, allowing it to get to that place of overflow where it's pouring into our daily life, into the decisions we make, the conversations we're having, the actions that we go through, and really stepping us into that place of authenticity that we are really so desperately yearning for, that daily walking with Jesus that our soul craves. So how are we doing it? Where are we finding this portion of scripture where this is all laid out? We are working through this study by taking the life of the Shunammite woman, and we are really breaking her down bit by bit, looking at her from all different angles and taking our time, soaking our spirit in this word to really ask, God, what is it that you want us to take from this woman? What are we supposed to be gleaning from her? How is she personally applicable to our life, our circumstance, this moment in time, thousands of years later? I was studying her earlier this week, and I experienced one of those moments with her where my mind began to go down another trail, looking at her from a completely different perspective that I hadn't yet considered. We can't study the Shunammite woman for these four or five lessons, um, check a box assuming we've got her figured out, and then put her life's lesson on a bookshelf and be done with her. In time, we've got to come back to that well for a drink. We've got to come back to this lesson of her life. And the same is true for the entire Bible. Our journey through the Word of God is a daily consumption involving a relationship that lasts an entire lifetime. So we're taking several episodes where we're working through her. uh, But my hope is you're not going to stop after these four or five episodes um, because there's just too much, so much yet for us to glean from this beautiful pattern that God has laid out for us. But we're taking this time and we're really diving in to see what is it that she teaches us about living out our faith. Listen up. It is so encouraging for me to hear from you guys. If today's episode is helpful to you, do me a favor, snag a screenshot on your phone or whatever device you're listening on and post it up on your story on Instagram and tag me at JD Hartsey or jump on Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. When you do, you help get the word out and you raise She Chooses in the search results of others. 
And hey, SheChooses.com is going through a serious overhaul and you just might find your review being posted up on the new site. So go ahead, post it up, leave me a review, let me know what you like about what you're hearing so we can start generating even more great content. I look forward to hearing from you guys. Listen up, guys. I am so beyond excited about this Shunammite Woman series. I'm working through this study with a small group of friends right now and am loving every crazy moment. After we wrap up this episode series, I'm going to be offering this as a free resource, either a document download, an ebook, something on the She Chooses website. This is a great study to either dive into on your own or grab a group of friends and start digging in together. There's something super remarkable that happens when women start digging into the word together. And these lessons are perfectly fitting for the woman on the go that has a small snippet of time open, yet still wants to get the word of God active in her day. So stick around, stay tuned, and check it out. I'm so excited. Here we go, picking up where we left off last time. The Shunammite woman, the interaction that she was having with Elisha, that interaction was progressive. That Shunammite woman had taken note of him, and her curiosity had been piqued. She's watching him, and she wants to know, who is this man? So she gets to that place where she's providing a meal for him. She's giving him bread as he comes through town. She determines she wants to do more for him. She's taken note that Elisha, he's a holy man of God. We mentioned in our last episode that we get to that same place as we begin to feed that appetite that we have for relationship with God. The more we spend time with the Lord, the more our eyes are open to be able to see who he is. As this was happening to the Shunammite, she was no longer satisfied with just providing bread for him every now and again. She wants to create a space for him. And that space that she's making for him, it's going to be inside of her home. Creating a space for God inside of our home is something that we could very easily neglect and skip over. All of us are busy. Our schedules often work against us in this area so viciously. But this Shunammite woman, she serves as a great reminder for us to be intentional about creating this space. But also our need, once we have it, to guard it, to be protective over it. And we need these reminders. We need this reminder that we read in the Bible with her story specifically. Everything that we have is because God has allowed us to have it. The home we live in, the family we have, the friends that we have, the jobs we've been blessed with, the money we have, the cars that we drive, all of it is because God has chosen to allow that into our life. So creating and maintaining this space for him really is a necessity to give him thanks for his provision and to show our gratitude for his blessings. The scripture that I want to look at specifically in today's episode is 2 Kings chapter 4 verses 10 through 17. It says, "Let us make a little chamber, I pray thee, on the wall, and let us set for him there a bed." 
and a table, and a stool, and a candlestick. And it shall be when he cometh to us that he shall turn in thither. And it fell on a day that he came thither, and he turned into the chamber and lay there. And he said to Gehazi, his servant, Call this Shunammite. And when he had called her, she stood before him, and he said unto him, Say now unto her, Behold, thou hast been careful for us with all this care. What is to be done for thee? Wouldest thou be spoken for to the king or to the captain of the host? And she answered, I dwell among mine own people. And he said, What then is to be done for her? And Gehazi answered, Verily, she hath no child, and her husband is old. And he said, Call her. And when he had called her, she stood in the door. And he said, About this season, according to the time of life, thou shalt embrace a son. And she said, Nay, my lord, thou man of God, do not lie unto thine handmaid. And the woman conceived and bare a son at that season that Elisha had said unto her according to the time of life. Last episode, we talked about the Shunammite's active faith. Here we see that faith taking yet another step. We start this off by hearing her say, Let us make a little chamber, I pray thee on the wall, and let us set there for him a bed, a table, and a stool, and a candlestick. And it shall be when he cometh to us that he shall turn in thither. This is a conversation that's taking place between the Shunammite woman and her husband. She's outlining how she wants to furnish this space that she wants to create. As we look at this, what we're seeing is these are really modest accommodations. They seem very simple, but they're all very intentional. When we look at it, we see she's considerate. She's thoughtful. Everything that she decided to put in that room was purposeful. And when we look at them deeper, we find that they pattern for us what our life should look like when we go to create space to make God part of our every day and to make our faith a lifestyle. Each item she placed in that room was intentional, and a lot has been written about each of these items. So we're going to speak to all of them, staying somewhat high level, knowing that we can dig into these a lot further whenever we want to, because like I said earlier, we're not just moving through all of this study and putting her on a bookshelf to say we've completed what we needed to when we looked at her life. No, if you want to take her life lesson deeper, you dig into these pieces even more. And I promise you there's going to be more light that's going to shine and more revelation to be had when you go to dig deeper. How many of us, as you're listening right now, can say you need a nap? Or how many of us have been guilty to say we are crazy busy and just have not had time to do something? We've all been there. We all are living at speeds where we are exhausted and we are slapping busyness on our chest like a badge of honor. And it's sad. It is so sad, but it is our culture. And we need to be reminded that busyness and effectiveness are not equal. They are not on the same playing field at all. And we really need to guard our calendars and make sure that we're getting the rest and the sleep that we need. Consistently in scripture, we hear God's reminder. He's telling us over and over and over again, be quiet, be still, rest. We are all engaging in different battles in our life, whether they're taking the form of stress Maybe there's stress on our job, there's stress in our health, our relationships, so many different areas. 
And often we're trying to battle these things with our own natural means. But God is calling us to bring these things to Him, to cast our cares on Him because He cares for us. And that's true. And part of that casting involves our obedience to bring that, those cares, all of those stresses to Him. And when we do, to rest. He even calls us into that weekly Sabbath something that many of us neglect. Even those of us that profess that we are faithful people, we're not doing it. But a Sabbath is a day dedicated to be with God, to rest in His presence, to rest in His Word, to seek His face. But for many of us, rest is a struggle, and that rest requires a whole lot of focus and effort because we are just not currently wired for those things. And that bed that the Shunammite woman determined that she wanted to put in that room, it was there for Elisha to be sure that he received the rest that he needed. And that bed, when we look at it in this placement in scripture, that is a very good reminder for all of us of our same need to rest. We cannot do what God is asking us to do or take care of the responsibilities that we have that God has chosen. For us to have in our life without maintaining rest and guarding rest in our life. Let's move on to the table. The table that is set there is a reminder for nourishment. We have to be fed both physically and spiritually. Our physical eating is pretty easy to identify. We don't like the feeling of an empty stomach at all. Our stomach, it even growls as a reminder to us that, hey, we need to eat. We do fairly well with this one for the most part. We could all probably do a whole lot better when it comes to fueling our our bodies more nutritionally. But for the most part, we're getting this part done. The part where we most often struggle is consuming our spiritual food. I did a fascinating study a while back correlating uh, physical anorexia to spiritual anorexia. And it was really astonishing to see someone that suffers from physical anorexia, they will actually get to a place where they do not desire food. They can even forget about it. They lose their appetite. They become numb to that feeling and those signals that our bodies use to say, hey, it's time to eat. But what I found as I was digging into these things and studying it out is the same sort of thing It happens to us spiritually. There are signals that our spirit gives to us, warning us, saying, hey, I need to be fed. You know, and those signals that we are receiving involve our emotions. Stress can be a warning to us that we need to pray or that we need to consume God's word. But when we aren't feeding it, we start to become numb to knowing what those warning signs mean. It's kind of like someone that gets hangry when they're hungry. (laughs) I get that way. And my husband has to remind me that I have not eaten. And all the while, I'll just be thinking, I'm just mad. I am just having a bad day. Most often, we can try to live on weekly spiritual meals where we're receiving our nourishment on Sundays. So we're living from Sunday to Sunday. We think it's enough, but our spirit is literally starving and craving more. So how do we get that consumption spiritually feeding ourselves into our daily life? 
Well, the word of God is called our daily bread. And when I think about that, my mind goes to the fact that I live very close to my parents and my mother-in-law, and we go to their homes occasionally for dinner, but I still eat food daily. My family is still eating food daily in our home. We may prefer what our families prepare, but it's not possible for us to be at their home every day. Appetite for it is awakened. It's just the same as someone who is recovering from anorexia. Over time, that appetite begins to return slowly. Those signals that it's time to eat begin to be recognized. And that appetite, it grows. So the table that we see here was there for Elisha to receive nourishment while he was in the Shunammite woman's home. And that table is there as a reminder for our nourishment both physically and spiritually. Scripture, the same is true for consuming the word of God every day. We may prefer the word that our pastor is feeding us, but we've still got to sustain ourselves until we are able to get back to the church house the next time the doors are open. God uses the natural to explain the spiritual. This is one of those spiritual concepts I see that he is showing us. You know, when we start to consume God's word every day, our taste and see that the Lord is good. Psalms chapter 34 verse 8 tells us, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Or Matthew chapter 4 verse 4 where it says, But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Physical and spiritual food. We've got to have them both. Let's look at the stool that she placed there. The stool that was in there was more than likely a seat of honor rather than the meager stool that our mind often jumps to thinking about. When we pray, we approach the throne of God. We approach God's seat of honor, that special place reserved for him. The times when I feel like I'm praying well I imagine myself approaching his throne. Oftentimes, the reason we're so busy and not resting is because we're trying to control our way through different circumstances rather than taking them to God and allowing him to take care of things or to lead us through them. This stool, or probably more accurate, this throne or this seat of honor is a reminder to us of our need to pray. When you look at the way that the word stool is translated in scripture from the original um, Hebrew language, more oftentimes it is actually translated into the word for a seat of honor or a throne. So we're not talking about some um, milking stool or some stool that you're going to find out in your garage that's partially falling apart. No, we're talking about a place of honor. This stool is probably more accurate, a throne or a seat of honor that was placed there as a reminder for our need to pray. Prayer is something that we should seek to develop into this daily practice. In the beginning, you know, we find ourselves only going to God when we need something or when we're blindsided by something. 
But God is looking for something more rich from us. And he's calling us to a place of prayer that's happening daily, not just in those emergency moments, those SOS, I need something, I'm drowning moments. He's looking for those daily conversations that are saying, you know, God, today was really, really awesome. He wants to hear the good, the bad, the ugly, and all things in between. And it's so much the same as the other good relationships that we have in our lives. All good relationships require communication. You know, think about your closest relationship. The reason that it is so close is because you talk, you're communicating. It's the same thing with God. For our relationship with him to be good, we have got to communicate with him. And that it's got to be that focused, look him in the eyes, speak from our heart, not just checking that box and getting it done, but really lingering in conversation like we want to do with that person that we're closest to. Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 tells us, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Or 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 17, where it says, pray without ceasing. That stool is there again to draw us to that place, that seat of honor before our God every day in prayer. Now let's move on to that candlestick. The candlestick that was in there was illumination for that room. Psalms chapter 119 and verse 105 tells us, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. That's another one of my favorites. Spending time with God in his word, reading the Bible, listening to the Bible, hearing someone speak a message. When we do these things, something is happening. It's amazing how our mindset can change when we're hearing the word of God. We can be in a place of life where we are super frazzled. We have no idea how to handle a situation, but it's astonishing how the word of God has the ability to remove our fears and it literally will shine a light into a situation or reveal an answer to us, giving us the clarity that we are desperately in need of. Oftentimes we're trying to navigate life and it's like we're walking down a hallway We don't have any source of light and we're bumping into things. We're stepping on Legos. We can't find our way. We're stepping our toe. All those painful, frustrating things that happen. And it's happening because we're not using the light that has been given to us. What's cool about a light, though, is that light will shine and that will be a great benefit for us. But that light is not just used for our purposes. Yes, It does help us get through those struggles and bypass those frustrating things that we may be bumping into, but it is also used to open up a path for others to see. These are all little things that point us to these different spiritual disciplines that we see the disciples, they pattern out for us as well. So think on these things this week and consider, do I have all of these elements as part of my lifestyle? And if not, what can we do this week to start incorporating them even very slowly into our everyday life? You know, carving out that place of rest, approaching God's throne in prayer, getting that physical and spiritual nourishment that we need and making sure that that light from that candlestick is having the opportunity to illuminate that path in front of us. So the Shunammite, she now has this space in her daily home for Elisha to be in. It's part of her day-to-day. Elisha, he is so moved by this kindness 
this hospitality that this Shunammite woman is living out. And he calls her to him and asks, what can I do for you? And she is very modest in her response. Elisha, what he's wanting to do for her is he wants to approach the king for her. And her response is that she has no need of anything. She specifically says she lives among her own people. This shows her contentment. (laughs) She could have had whatever she wanted, but she chose to content herself, to acknowledge God's provision to her, and to be grateful for what she had, which is really beautiful when you think about it. She could have had anything. It reminds me of Solomon. Whenever God is asking Solomon, "What, what can I give you? And Solomon, he doesn't ask for riches. He asks for wisdom. What restraint, what contentment, what an ability to be able to be asked something like that and to just be content in that moment. You know, she lived among her own people. And what that meant is she had the protection. She had the provision. She had everything that she needed because she lived among her own people. So Elisha, he goes to Gehazi, his servant, and he asks him, Gehazi, what can I do for this woman? And she, he points out to, to Elisha, The Shunammite woman has no child. She has no child and her husband is old. So Elisha tells the Shunammite that according to the time of life, she's going to have a child. And this goes straight to the Shunammite's heart. The desire of her heart was going to be fulfilled. We know that this was a desire of her heart because of the response we hear from her. And she says, Nay, my Lord, Thou man of God, do not lie unto thine handmaid. She's saying, no, this is too much for me to bear. Don't lie to me. What we see here is one of those instances that we read about in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. She has patterned this for us so beautifully as we really dove into last week. In Psalms chapter 37 and verse 4, where it says, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. I want to pause here for today because next week we are going to spend some more time talking through that contentment that this Shunammite woman had and how she was given that desire of her heart. And we will dive deeper into her message. Um, So for today, thank you so much for hanging out with me, for spending time in this message and for continuing on this series, this journey that we're walking through as we are learning how to choose faith as a lifestyle. So until next week, let's make some time to think and reflect and pray. Seek the kingdom of God first. Let's practice doing that. If you're struggling in this area, let's go to God. Ask him to help identify a way specifically to seek him first. 
And let's also start praying about contentment. I told you next week we are going to dive more into what that contentment is all about. Um, but let's start asking God to open up our heart and show us where, where do we fall in the place of contentment right now? Now, God sees the desires of our heart. He sees where we are, all of our transparency. He already sees it. So let's ask God to open up our eyes to the things that we need to see. God desires to do something within all of us, friends. And what he desires to do is bigger than all of us. And we see that play out in this Shunammite woman. So let's be sure that we're spending that time in prayer and be excited to gather together next week. You just listened to an episode of the She Chooses podcast. I pray you were encouraged by the message you heard today. And I pray that the choice before you, the one that leads to Jesus, is shining bright in front of you. Until next time, let's be intentional. Let's be focused. Let's be diligent. And let's be the she's that choose Jesus.